Well, hello and welcome once again to the Foundry Church Podcast. My name is Joseph. I'm the worship pastor here at the Foundry Church in Winter Springs, Florida. Uh, We're so glad that you have found us and that you're choosing to spend a little bit of time with us this week on the podcast. Um, What you're about to hear is week four of our current series called The Gospel According to Ted. Uh, The Ted in question being Ted Lasso, uh, the main character from the Apple TV series named Ted Lasso. Uh, We've been taking a look at Coach Lasso's journey through the English Premier League. It's this crazy fish-out-of-water story and, uh, you know, how uh, the the people and the situations that he encounters affect him and how his just relentless uh, positivity and kindness has an effect on them. And uh, it's it's been really interesting. Uh, two things about this week. Number one, the, the clip that we are showing uh, is from an episode where the team is about to go face a rival that they have not beaten in 60 years. And so they are down in the dumps and uh, uh, assuming that they know what's going to happen. And um, they don't. That's the whole point of what Coach Lasso says. You don't have a crystal ball. You don't know what's going to happen. That's why we play the game. Kind of in parallel with that, we did something really different this week. Uh, for us, which is uh, being that it was a fifth Sunday, we are starting to have our kids and students with us in service the whole time uh, on fifth Sundays so that they get to experience some intergenerational worship and also so that our, our volunteers and our kids staff can actually come to church once in a while. Uh, so just know this service is a little different. I think it's a little looser, a little more fun uh, than they normally are. And we hope you enjoy uh, this episode of the Foundry Church Podcast. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. Hey, whether you're joining us in person or online, my name is Seth, and this is The Foundry, where we're all about a better you and a better world. Uh, I want to give a big shout out, like Joseph did, to all of our kids and students that are in here today. We're really excited for that. Um, Yeah. Uh, It's our first, like, fifth Sunday service of the year, this thing that we're trying to start to do, because one, we believe that intergenerational worship is actually healthy for both the adults and the kids. Uh, There's a lot of studies and reports that show that as kids become more involved with the things that are happening on the larger scale, they're more likely to stick around and maintain part of their faith. And this also helps to give our volunteers and our workers a bit of a break who don't normally get to attend church. So we're, it's a kind of a win-win-win as far as, as far as we go. What? As far as we're concerned. Yeah, you get it. So uh, now kids... If you're in here, I just want to say, first of all, I'm glad you're here. Second of all, I promise we're not going to try to be like super boring, like boring old adults. So um, you're going to want to at least like kind of halfway pay attention because there's going to be a a few surprises along the way. And uh, also, if you do get bored, there's coloring sheets and snacks in the back. Um, Adults help yourselves as well, I guess, if you, (laughs) I don't know if we have enough for all of you, but some of you can have a coloring pack. Um, Also, as Mr. Joe uh, mentioned in the video, we're incorporating today the secret word. I don't know if you're familiar with this game, but anytime we say this phrase, we want to hear like a little cheer or a little applause or a little something, lets me know you're paying attention, okay? So the word is what? Very good, yeah. Wow. That was great. We'll see how great that goes in like the end of the service was... So let, let's, uh, let's do a practice, okay? We'll just do a practice round to see if you get it, okay? So like if I were to just throw out a few random things like tennis balls, volleyballs, racquetballs, crystal balls, so 
Oh, you are so, we're not even going to do it again because that was so great. That was, that was so great. So we are in week four of our series that we're calling The Gospel According to Ted. And by Ted, of course, we're talking about Ted Lasso from the show Ted Lasso. Last week, we looked at this scene where Coach Lasso kind of pitched this question to the self-obsessed footballer, Jamie Tart, in which he said, which would you rather be, a lion or a panda? To which Jamie said, uh, coach on me, why would I want to be anything else? To which Ted Lasso said, I don't think you realize how psychologically healthy that actually is, right? And so we talked about this idea of like learning to embrace what we are, right? Like we are these human beings that are created in the image and likeness of God and, and that our humanity is a gift. And we talked about this idea of learning to embrace who we are, that we have these gifts and talents and abilities. And the best thing that I can be is myself, right? So be the you that God created you to be. So this week we move on and, and we're going to skip forward a few episodes to episode uh, number seven. Coach Lasso and the team are getting ready to go on a road trip. They're heading to the town called Liverpool to play uh, this team called Everton FC and the team is not really excited about it. Okay, so take a look. All right, gentlemen, who's ready to go show Everton what we got? Woo! Thank you, Danny. Jeez Louise, why is everybody so down in the dumps? What happened to Beyonce, Dump Jay-Z or something? No, nothing like that. Thank goodness. Just saying it out loud made me immediately sad. Let me see what's going on here. Hey, guys, seriously, come on. Talk to me. What's up? Well, we're fine. Hmm. Yeah, I'm all right. Okay. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on, fellas. How long has it been since y'all won up at Everton? 60 years ago. Wow, that is a heck of a long time, okay. So we got that going on, and obviously we're, we're bummed out that O'Brien tore his butt. It's my upper hamstring, coach. Well, you tore your butt, son. There's nothing to be ashamed of, okay? It happens. People tear their butts all the time in athletics. You're not alone, man. Hey, coach, you've torn your butt a few times, right? Three times. Three times. <laughs> Butt's an amazing muscle. God is my witness. Your butt will heal. Silver lining here with O'Brien's tore butt is that my man from Montreal is going to be filling in at goalie. Give it up to Zorro. Oh, it's pronounced um, Zorro. I'm sorry. Zorro. Zorro. You, I don't know what I'm doing wrong here. Point is, gentlemen, unless one of y'all got a crystal ball, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. That's why we play the game. So let me hear it. Richmond on three. One, two, three. Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys did so good. I, like, even during the clip, you were willing to interrupt it. That was fantastic. Um, look out for this week. Jeez. Uh, so first of all, I just thought it would be funny for the kids to be in here and for them to say butt like five times in a row in the middle of church. I thought they would think that was funny. Uh, so the guys are going on the road. They're kind of down in the dumps, except Danny Rojas because football is life. Uh, they're down in the dumps, and, and their starting goalie is <laughs> torn his butt, pulled a hamstring. He's on the bench, so now they have to replace their starting keeper with the backup keeper. They haven't beaten Everton in 60 years. They're assuming that their experience of the past will continue to repeat itself. And Ted Lasso says, the point is, gentlemen, unless one of y'all got a crystal ball... Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. That's why we play the game, right? We can't predict the future. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. That's why we play the game. That's why we keep living. That's why we keep moving forward. That, that's the beauty of life. That's why life is so exciting. At least that's why I, like, I find life so exciting because like, you, never, you never know what, what could happen, but like, in, a, in a good way, right? Like, like, I, I tend to live with the idea that whatever does happen... 
Like, it, it's, it's going to be okay. This drives my wife crazy. It's going to be okay. Whatever happens is going to be okay. Uh, because as we've talked about in this series, like, everything's your teacher. And everything we go through, there's something for this, uh, in this for me. So I'm aware that why this might not be a shared perspective, that's where I'm at. But I'm also aware that a lot of people, that not knowing about tomorrow is what causes a lot of inner turmoil and stress, right? It's in the not knowing. It's in the not being in control that people tend to stress out, tend to worry. We want to know what's happening tomorrow. We, we want to know not only what's happening, but what time is it happening? And what time do we need to be there? And who else is going to be there? And what time are they serving the food? And what kind of food is it? And will they have options? And what time is the thing over? We want to know all the things so that we can mentally and emotionally prepare for what we're about to get into, right? And I get it. I do. I, I understand it. We all have different personalities. We all have different approaches to, to, to life and to things. And that's great. Because for every person that's like not in the de- into the details, there's somebody who's extremely into the details, right? We need each other. We drive each other crazy, but, but we kind of need each other. Do you know what I'm saying? Like even uh, like last year, Jess and I, uh, we were blessed to be able to go on a, on a trip to Costa Rica with our neighbors, and it was awesome. One day we were talking about our porch, sitting on our porch talking about taking a trip, and then the next day it was like planned, right? Because we had a details person in our group. So she worked with the travel agent, and then like within a couple weeks, they had a trip for the following year booked that had when we were going, where we were going, what time we were leaving, where we were staying, what we were eating, all this, this whole long itinerary of everything we were going to do for every day that we were going to be there. My wife loved it, right? And she took that list itinerary and she was like cramming like for an exam in college where she's just going through it because she wants to know because that's what brings her comfort. She likes to know the details. I, on the other hand, was like, cool, like whatever. I didn't look at the itinerary at all. I, I didn't, I didn't, I don't care. Like, I don't care. I didn't pack until the night before. I packed the night before. I showed up to the airport. I got on the plane armed with only the knowledge that I will be somewhere in Costa Rica in a few hours. And then eventually I will come home. <laughs> I, I, I didn't, I didn't like go do any research until after we got back. Because I just figured, look, we're between, I trust the ladies, I trust the travel agent, and then like, whatever happens, it's going to be okay. Even if it doesn't go according to plan, like, we'll, be able to figure, we'll be able to figure it out, right? Like, so I don't understand why it is that we stress about tomorrow, right? It's not here, it hasn't happened, we can't predict the future. I understand why we think we need to worry about tomorrow, because it like, maybe gives us a sense of comfort. It gives us some like illusion of control. But I don't understand why we think we need to think about it that way. I've noticed this with my kids. My kids do this sort of thing. Like maybe you've noticed this with your kids. Maybe you've noticed it with yourself. Like we'll be putting them to bed and I'll notice like there's something kind of on their mind and I'll say, hey, what's what's the matter? Well, you know, I I got this thing happening tomorrow and I'm just not sure how it's going to go or I have this test or I have this presentation or I'm worried that this kid is going to do this thing tomorrow or... I'm just not sure what's going to happen. And they literally go to bed with all this stuff weighing on their minds about what they believe is going to happen the next day. Right now, my, my kids are in here, I think. Are my kids in here? My kids are supposed to be in There they are. My kids are supposed to be in here today. Um, but here's the thing. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, my, kids, my kids are here, so I can't like, be specific. It just has to be vague because they're all, they're all here right now, right? But, but here's the secret to, to my kids, to all the kids that are in here. Here's the little secret. You don't actually have to worry about all that stuff. 
Here's the other secret. Most of the adults in your life do the same thing that you do. Here's a secret for the adults. You don't have to worry about those things. You don't have to do that. In fact, I think it's like, it's, it's not even like healthy for you to do that. I, th- I think it can actually cause more problems when, when, we, when we do this sort of thing, when we allow all this to weigh on our minds. It's not helpful, it's not healthy. And the truth is, none of y'all got a crystal ball. We don't know what's gonna happen, so stop anticipating the worst. You know, the Bible is full of stories where unexpected things happen. Sometimes it was good, sometimes it was not so good, but the stuff, like, the, the stuff that we see throughout the Bible is that if the, these characters in the Bible were like laying in bed the night before, like trying to expect or worry or plan the future, they would have never seen the things that happened coming. Right? I mean, think about, think about the story of Adam, and, uh, of Adam and creation and God. God creates Adam, God creates the animals, they're hanging out, like it's a cool place, whatever, we're super excited. And then like God sees that Adam is lonely, then God makes Adam take a nap, and then he wakes up and there's this beautiful girl standing right next to him, right? Like, yeah, you can cheer for that. He didn't, he didn't see that one coming, right? Like, what the, he didn't even know what it was at first. It was like, what is this? Like, this is also why I'm very pro-nap because God does his best work <laughs> in the nap times. <laughs> God does his best work in the nap times. Or think about the story of Moses. He's just at work one day. He's doing his thing, tending his sheep, walking around, and then he comes across this tree that's on fire, that's not burning up, that's talking to him. And it's not just that it's a talking fire tree. It's that it was God talking through the tree that was on fire but was yet to burn up. Like, that's a weird story. And so if Moses is laying in bed the night before going, like, hmm, I wonder what's going to happen tomorrow. I gotta, he's probably worried about, are the Egyptians going to capture him because he killed that one guy or not? And then he's, like, thinking, like, how many sheep do I have and how many sheep do I have to sell in order to pay the mortgage and keep my father-in-law happy? Like, he's carrying all this stuff with him. And then the next day he goes out just thinking it's going to be another day, like, at the office. It's just grinding out an, an, another day. And he gets there, and there's this talking fire tree that is God who then changes the entire course and direction of his life. That's crazy. He never saw that one coming. What about the story of Balaam? Kids, you know this story? Have you ever heard this story? It's a fantastic story. Balaam is one of God's prophets, but he's actually considered to be an evil prophet. That's like a weird can of worms to open up, but we're not going to get in that today. So Balaam, he's, he's like working on making this deal with a foreign king. He's a prophet of God, but this foreign king wants him to put a curse on God's people. And in, in, if he does it, he'll like uh, give him this big reward for cursing God's people. So he like thinks about it, he's wrestling with it, and then one day he just decides, that that's what, I'm going to go do that. I'm going to collect my reward. So he hops on his donkey to go make this deal. Well, along the way, this angel of the Lord shows up and stands in the middle of the trail. So the donkey goes in a different direction. And then the angel steps in front of that trail. So the donkey goes in a different direction. And this happens three times. And each time the donkey, uh, the angel gets in the way, the donkey moves. And then Balaam like starts beating or whipping the donkey. So eventually the Bible says the Lord opened the donkey's mouth. And then the donkey started talking. The donkey started talking. I said, what are you, why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to me? This doesn't make any sense. I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm actually protecting and saving your life. The night before when Balaam was laying in bed, preparing to go make this deal with the bad guy to put a curse on his own people in exchange for a gift, like, did he have the thought, hmm, I wonder if tomorrow I'll have a conversation with a donkey. <laughs> no, like it's unexpected. He didn't see it coming. This is like how so much of this stuff 
works. He didn't plan to have a conversation with the donkey. This is how, there's so many stories in the Bible that are like this. None of them could have expected the things that, were, that, had happened, that would happen tomorrow, right? None of y'all got a crystal ball. Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I bet, I, bet, <laughs> I bet right now you didn't expect this to happen. I bet you didn't expect this to happen. Hint, hint, Q. If your name is Scott, oh, look, now he's throwing, a, he's throwing a twist back to me that I didn't expect for him to not stand up and do the thing that I expect. Hey, what's going on? Crystal ball. <laughs> hey, I love dad jokes and I love knock-knock jokes. Okay, you ready? First one is, I need this as participation by everybody. We're going back to third grade. Finger in the air, everybody, this is everybody, this is everybody, this is everybody. Okay, now let's slowly start to do this. Okay, are you with me? Are you with me? And here comes the knock-knock joke. Don't stop, don't stop. Here we go, knock-knock. Who's there? Yeah. Yahoo. I got one more dad joke. Well, you didn't expect the second one, did you? Okay, here's the other do you know what a snowman do in their spare time? Hulk on. Do you know what snowmen do in their spare time? What does snowman do in their spare time? They chill. Back uh, to you. Yeah. Now, last night when you were thinking about coming to church, <laughs> I bet you didn't expect some knock-knock jokes in the middle of the sermon. Not one, let alone two. Yahoo, incredible jokes. In the middle of the sermon. What a great surprise. <laughs> you see, it's like we get so focused on what we think is going to happen, and then we start projecting onto the moment that hasn't yet happened. We project thoughts, fear, fears, worries, anxiety onto the thing that has not yet happened. Oh, no, tomorrow's going to be bad. Oh, no, like I, I, I see things lining up. I, this is not going to work out well. Oh, no, our team hasn't beat Everton in 60 years. And tomorrow we're just going to experience losing again. Right? I think the thing is, if we're, if we're not careful, it's almost like we become, like, it becomes this like, self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, we're projecting onto the thing before it happens with the expectation it will happen just the way we plan for it to go. You see, but what, like, what, what if we, like, stayed curious and open about the future? Like, it, things might actually surprise us, like, in, in a good kind of way. Right? How many of you have ever been, like, been through something, like, like really, really struggle bust something. Like, and, and when you were going through it, it was like, man, this is terrible. This is really heavy. This is really hard. And you thought like, I, I'll never, I, I don't think I'll ever be able to get beyond this. I'll never be able to get through this. And now you look back at that situation and you go, oh, actually, you know what? I, I'm actually in, in a pretty decent place. I'm actually maybe even better than I was before the difficulty. I can't imagine being where I am today. I couldn't have imagined then coming to the place where I am now, and I've realized that it's okay. Yeah, exactly, because you don't know what's going to happen. You know, aside from all the stories in the Bible about people who experience something like unexpected, the Bible kind of speaks directly to this whole idea that none of y'all have a crystal ball. Good. Still with me, still with me. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, okay? Take a look at these verses. James, chapter 4. And now I have a word for you who brashly announce... 
Today, at least tomorrow, we're off to such and such a city for the year. We're going to start a business and make a lot of money. You don't know the first thing about tomorrow. You're nothing but a wisp of fog catching a brief bit of sun before disappearing. Instead, make a habit to say, if the master wills it, and we're still alive, we'll do this or that. I love the way the message puts it. If the master wills it, and we live to see tomorrow, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll, go and, we'll go and do that thing, right? Maybe we'll go and, Jesus, uh, James says, you're making all these plans, and you don't know the first thing about tomorrow. Your life is brief. Who knows what could happen? This is about maintaining a humble attitude toward the future. We're not saying don't plan. We're not saying don't think about it. We're saying keep it in perspective, right? Don't say, I've got all this stuff I'm going to go do, and you won't believe this. And, like, who knows what could happen? Who knows? If the master wills it and we're still alive, yeah, then we'll go and do that. What about Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1? Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what tomorrow may bring. None of y'all got a crystal ball. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 14. A fool knows all about the future and tells everyone in detail. But who can really know what's going to happen? Solomon, one of the wisest people in the Bible, says, like, if you think you can plan everything and figure out everything and know everything and determine every detail of everything before it happens, it's kind of a bit silly. It's kind of a bit foolish to pretend like we can know and figure out everything. Or even think about what Jesus says in Matthew chapter, 20, uh, chapter 6. Therefore, Jesus talking, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. That's why we play the game. None of y'all have a crystal ball. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. Like, for example, uh, I need two volunteers. Uh, I need one volunteer. I need Hunter and one volunteer. I need a kid volunteer, maybe fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Kid volunteer. Fourth, that's not my kid. Fourth, fifth, or sixth grade. Who's, who's, who's here? Not you. Wait, oh, that's not my kid. Who is that? Yellow hoodie? Okay, yeah, you come here. Do I need the mic? You can have the mic if you want it, I guess. Not really, but okay, come up here. What's your name? What's your name? That was, I thought that was Ezra. That was like Dylan or something. I can't see. Who was, Lucas, sorry. Come up here, come up here. What's your name? Huh? Ethan. This is Ethan. Give Ethan a round of applause. Okay, you stand over here. Over here. Now, I promise this isn't going to be anything scary or you don't, it's going to be fun. Okay. Why was I giving this? Oh, yeah. You hold that. You hold that. Okay, now, uh, Hunter, I'm going to have you sit just like right here for a second. Okay, sit here. Okay, now, what we're going to do is I, I need you to put this on. Okay. Okay, just put that on. We're going to play a little game. Oh, called, is this where I get to like taste test? It's, it's a taste test game, okay? So what we're going to do, we're going to do a taste test. And uh, what's your name? Ethan. Ethan is going to help us out. So I'm going to give Ethan the thing that we're going to let you taste. And then you're going to take a bite of it. And then you're going to see if you can guess what it is. Okay. So <laughs> hold on. I got <laughs> something in my throat. Okay, so I don't, on I don't the, know how I'm feeling about the sound of what, this one. What? No, it's fine. It's, we're just getting ready. Um, so on the count of three, I need everybody's help to count us down. On the count of three... Here, why don't you give me your... Yeah. Well, yeah, you're going to need both hands to be able yeah. to taste it. Okay, if everybody could help... <laughs> are you, Ethan, are you almost ready? Okay, everyone count it down with me. Three, 
two, one. Hand it to him. Ah! Nice work. There you go. Hey, buddy. What's it taste like? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it tastes like banana. He doesn't need a microphone. Good job. Good job. Give Ethan a round of applause. There you go. Go have a seat. Yeah, yeah. Unless you want to lick it up. Huh? <laughs> How was it, buddy? Yeah, don't step in it. Now clean up your mess, please. I got to keep talking. <laughs> we just put this. Oh, he got used. But everyone give a round of applause for Hunter and his... Uh... <laughs> yeah, my biggest fear was actually not Hunter. It was making Joe upset that we made a st- mess on stage. That, that was my biggest concern. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I bet you guys didn't see that one coming. I just thought it would be fun, and anytime you get to throw whipped cream in Hunter's face, it's, it's a good day. I mean, none of y'all got a crystal ball. You don't know what's going to happen. So in this scene, right in this clip, there's, there's one locker room, there's one team, but what we see is there's two completely different perspectives. The team is looking at this game that's coming up, and they already believe they know what's going to happen because of what they've gone through in the past. We've lost, we've lost, we've lost. That's the only possible outcome of the game. That's how it's going to go. So they've already convinced themselves that they're going to lose. But then Coach Lasso comes in, and the ever-optimistic Coach Lasso, and he maintains this healthy perspective towards tomorrow's game, right? We don't know what's going to happen. And isn't that exciting? Anything is possible. You don't have to worry or fear tomorrow in the best possible way. And then you know what happens if you've seen the show is they go and play the game and they come away with a victory. They win the game. Yeah, it's really (laughs) We're applauding like they're a real team. Way to go. (laughs) Way to go, fake team. Way to go, actors pretending to be a soccer team. You did it. Way to over... You've overturned 60 years of history and (laughs) tradition. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. And, and so what's really interesting to me, when you look at that passage from Matthew chapter 6, right? And Jesus is talking, he says, don't worry about tomorrow. What's fascinating to me is that word for worry. The word for worry in the Greek, in the Greek text is the word merimna. Merimna can mean care, anxiety, worry. Jesus says, don't put your cares onto tomorrow. Don't cast your anxiety on tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. What's even more fascinating is if you dig into this word marimna, you'll see that the, the root word of marimna is marizo, right? This is the root word. And marizo means to divide or separate, to divide or separate. So the idea here is that to worry is to be divided of mind. To worry is to not be in the moment in front of you because you're projecting into the future, To worry is to not be present in the moment that I'm in because I'm thinking all these thoughts and I have all this anxiety or nervousness or whatever about all the things I have to do or all the things that are on the list or all the things that I have to get checked off, right? But it's like we just go through this, well, what if? Well, what if? Well, what what if this happens? What if that happens? What if it doesn't work out the way I want? And when I spend all this time in this divided state of mind, when I'm continually worrying about the future, about tomorrow, what happens is I end up missing out on the thing that's in front of me today. You know, to me, the the idea of worry is is kind of crazy if you think about it. Like Like, why do we... I mean, I guess I know why we do this, but we all, and we all kind of do it time to time, some more than others, but like, I still wonder, like, why? Why do we do this? Especially 
Especially if we call ourselves these Christians, right? Like, isn't, isn't like the whole premise of our faith, isn't the whole premise of being a believer about putting our trust in God? Like, first of all, we trust that there is a God. We trust that this God brought all things into existence. We trust that this word of God that is the scripture speaks to us the truths of God. We trust that God sent, that Jesus is the son of God who came to like save us. And we trust that one day we will be reunited with God, right? It's like this whole thing that we're doing is based on trusting God and we trust God to love us, to guide us, to protect us, to provide for us. And yet we still continue a lot of the time, to live with a divided mind. We project all our thoughts and ideas into the future, our anxieties, our worries, our, onto a thing that doesn't actually exist yet. The thing that hasn't happened yet. Why? What, do we not think that God can't or won't handle it? Do we not think that God can't or won't handle it so much so that we feel the need to intervene? Hey, I'd better get involved. Do I think so little of God? Do I think so highly of myself? None of y'all got a crystal ball. We don't know what's going to happen, which is like all the more reason to trust God with it. But when we worry, it's like we're trying to wrestle back this future that hasn't happened from God's, God's control and God's authority. We try to wrestle back something that God's already got covered. It's like a three-year-old, like, not letting their parents tie their shoes for them. Do you know? Like, no, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Yeah, but I can. your father can help you. Let, let, let me give you a hand here. I don't know why. I, it's almost like the divided mind. It's almost like our worry about tomorrow. It's kind of the antithesis to trust, isn't it? Right, and here's the thing. Trusting God doesn't mean like everything's gonna always work out. Trusting God doesn't mean that you won't go through some stuff. Trusting God doesn't mean it's always gonna be rainbows and unicorns and trusting God doesn't mean it's always gonna go your way. To me, what trusting God means is that regardless of what happens, God will be with me through it. And if I can understand that God will be with me through it, then maybe it means I can stop taking matters into my own hands. I can let go of those worries about tomorrow. Maybe it, maybe it even will allow me to enjoy the thing that's happening in front of me. Maybe it will allow me to be open to the idea that the future is filled with all kinds of possibilities. We don't know what's gonna happen in the best possible way. And when I put my trust in God, whatever does end up happening, I believe God will be there with me through it. So why would I want to give so much of myself, my time, my thoughts, my energy, my feelings into this worry about something that hasn't yet happened when I have a loving God who I claim to trust to handle everything? Why would I give worry so much space in my life? And guess what? The scripture, believe it or not, actually speaks a lot to like trusting God. There's all kinds of scriptures about trusting God. That's like a lot of what's actually happening in the Bible, which kind of points to this idea that it's almost like maybe God knew that we would struggle with this. So we've got all these like things that it keeps pointing to, to remind us. It's almost like God has been handling the future since like time began. 
So here's some verses, just a few, just a few of the many in the Bible. Psalms 3, uh, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. You don't have to carry the weight, the burden of tomorrow. You don't have to do that. Trust God more than you trust yourself and trust that God will handle whatever's coming your way. Psalms 46, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. You don't have to keep dividing the mind. You don't have to keep being worried about tomorrow. Be still, be present, be in this moment and trust that God is God. God has things in control. Take a load off. Take a load off. Did you know that every night when you go to bed and like you're sawing logs for like six to eight hours and drooling all over the pillow and like getting wrinkles on your face that like the world actually doesn't stop spinning? Did you know that? Like it keeps going. Like the entirety of the universe continues to function and move forward without your involvement, right? How does God do it without all your help? It's shocking. Wow. Can you believe that? What about Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 6, going back, moving back up a few verses, verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? It's funny that that's in there, and we don't make a bigger deal about it. Shouldn't, like, most of the joy that we find in this thing that we call faith be from this idea that God's saying, you don't have to keep worrying? Shouldn't that, like, just like as human beings in general, wouldn't that be awesome if we actually like took that in and believed it and could actually live without the weight of the burden of worrying about tomorrow? Like that alone should convert people all by itself. Like, hey, how's your life? Oh, it sucks. You carrying a bunch of stuff? Yeah. Hey, check this out. Oh, geez, I can put this down. That's awesome. Look at me. Like, yeah. Like, of course. Like, why? You don't have to carry the weight of, or the burden of tomorrow. The birds don't. Be a bird. Be a bird. Nothing is added to your life by worrying. Worry is, an, is, is a subtractor. It's taking away from your time, your energy, your efforts. It's taking away from you being able to, to be where you are and experience the beauty of the moment that's in front of you that God has blessed you with. Yeah, let me give you one more. One more verse. And here's something. I bet you didn't see this happening. Uh, is Ezra here? Is, is Ezra here? Can, Ezra, can you come up here? Yeah, give him a round of applause. Ez, come up here, bud. <laughs> All right. All right, this is Ezra. He's our middle kid. Looking good, bro. Looking good. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Doing all right? Yeah. All right, here's your microphone. Okay. Um, so this is going to be our last, like, kind of major verse, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit of things and we'll be done. But uh, so uh, in light of everything that we've been talking about, I'm going to ask Ezra to recite one of our favorite verses, right? Yeah. The verse we say every night before bed. Okay, what is it? 
Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. He will grant you the peace that transcends all understanding and guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I just wanted the first verse, but thanks for showing off. <laughs> I mean, like seriously? Do not be anxious about anything. That's the main reason I taught, I, I wanted him to memorize that verse because I know he struggles with worrying about things. So we did that verse because what I want to be ingrained into him is that he doesn't have to carry that weight. He doesn't have to carry that burden. I want it to be so ingrained in him that anytime he comes across something difficult or he begins to worry, he just goes, no, 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 wait, I don't have to do this. Do not worry about anything. You don't have to be anxious about anything. Present these requests to God. He'll take care of it. And not only that, you will receive this peace that transcends understanding. And not only that, but when you let go of that and you receive this peace and you start to focus on that which is true and pure and lovely and right and good. It's like, watch the, watch the very next verse because this to me is, is so fascinating. I love all of Philippians 4, 6, uh, but watch, this is the very next thing. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, Put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. And the God of peace. So when I actually do this, at least according to Paul, you know, whoever Paul is, I guess we can take him at his word. He wrote most of the New Testament, you know, whatever that carries, whatever authority. What Paul says is, hey, give this to God. And what you will receive is this peace. And as you receive this peace, focus on the good things that, have, that are in front of you. And when you do that, the presence of the, peace of, uh, the presence of the God of peace will be with you. If you actually do these things, if you put them into practice, you will experience the presence of the God of peace. Which, by the way, oh, never mind, well, stay on topic. The presence of the God of peace will be with you in that. Right? And you know what's crazy about this? What's crazy about this whole thing is that you actually get to choose. You get to choose whether you will carry the worries. You get to choose whether you will be divided of mind or whether you will be in the moment that you have been blessed with and that you will live in the peace that God is offering. You get to choose whether or not you are going to be so focused and worried about tomorrow or not. Maybe, maybe what I want to do is just like chill out a little bit. Maybe what I want to do is trust God more with my future. Maybe what I want to do is simply work on enjoying the moments in front of me and trust that whatever happens tomorrow, God's already got that covered. Which, I mean, I don't know about you, but ultimately to me, doesn't really seem like that difficult of a decision. Doesn't seem like that difficult of a decision. You know why? Because none of y'all got a crystal ball. 
None of y'all got a crystal ball. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. That's why we play the game. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. That's why we put our trust in God. We put our trust in God about that, and we believe he's got the now, and we enjoy the freedom and the blessing and the peace in the now. Well, like I said in the intro, that was just a really kind of loose, fun service. It was such a joy and a delight uh, to have the kids in with us. I got to sit through a whole uh, service, minus the time that I was on stage leading worship, uh, with uh, both my wife and my son, uh, which was a really cool experience for me. Uh, we hope that that message uh, resonated with you, that it, was, that it was fun and engaging, but also just that that deep truth of... Um, we, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't have a crystal ball. Uh, we, can't, we can't project into the future, either good or bad, but all we can do is live into the moment that we're being called to live into uh, right now. Uh, so that'll, that'll do it for this episode of the Foundry Church Podcast. Until next time, have a great week.